This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel. Sally Lucas joining me, Jane Klein. And Sally, lots of people go cruising. It is such a popular thing to do, but... Now, today, you're going to take us cruising somewhere with a difference. I am, Jane, and we've talked about cruising, as you say, over many segments, different styles of cruising from the, the huge new liners, you know, that are thousands of tons and barely get in our harbour, down to river cruising, and now we're sort of... We have mentioned expedition cruising before, but I thought I'd just touch on that in a little bit more detail today. Um, and as I've mentioned in the past, I was lucky enough or fortunate enough to go to Antarctica on an expedition cruise vessel. And just to explain to people, I guess, why is it called an expedition cruise vessel and what does it do? Basically, you're travelling on a much smaller vessel. So those people who are a bit overawed by the grand scale of some of the cruise ships these days... And so many people, and I know a lot of um, you know the, the older generation don't always want that. They just want that nice, intimate, personalised service, still at a high level, but not with the, the crowded atmosphere. Um, so what you're getting with expedition cruising is getting in up close and personal. I guess that's the main benefit, that you're arriving in areas that are inaccessible by any other means. And, for example, in New Guinea, there's a village there, where Orion Expedition Cruises, who is based in Australia, it is an Australian company, um, have gone into a village where they had never seen people from the outside world before. Now that, when you think about that in the 21st century, is quite an amazing thing. And I would imagine, I would be overawed by that, that someone was seeing me as a white person, if you like, for the very first time in their life. So that's first, Oh, absolutely. And obviously, you wouldn't be the first person now as they've already gone in there. But even so, they're not regularly seeing people from the outside world. And so they're living a life that they have always lived. And what the people that run expedition cruises do, they get in touch with all these villages, with the chiefs and the heads to make sure it's palatable to them to have tourists coming in, of course, to observe their customs and their ways of life. So you are getting to see that side of life that you would not normally ever have the benefit of seeing. The other thing with expedition cruising, as with the Antarctic Peninsula, again, we're getting in close and personal into bays, which the large cruise liners, again, have to anchor much further out. The other thing with expedition cruising is most of these vessels usually only take round about 100 passengers, some a few more, but you might only have about, oh, sorry, not might only, you will have about 75 staff looking after only about 100-odd people. So you're getting very personalised service. And the thing is, with the Zodiacs that take you ashore, they have enough Zodiacs on these vessels that you all come off at once. So you're on a large liner, we've got the queues, we've got the backup, so you've got less time ashore. So the benefit, again, of expedition cruising, not only are you getting into areas that are more inaccessible, you're getting more time in these areas, which I think is a massive benefit when you're travelling to places that are quite unique and special. So that's, I guess, how I can explain expedition cruising at its best. There are different levels, like from, you know, maybe three and a half star right up to your luxury five star. And they're operating in different areas of the world these days. Um, in the Pacific Islands, for example, you can cruise around the Tahitian Islands on small vessels in Hawaii, out of uh, Ushuaia, as we've said, down to um, Antarctica from Argentina. But now in Australia, Orion is one of the newest expedition cruise companies, and they are doing quite a wide variety of areas now, which is really fantastic for us who want to explore these remote areas so they're doing you know all parts of australia from darwin to broome across the top 
Um, then they're even including like the Melanesian islands, um, they're including the Spice Islands now in Asia, New Zealand, and even the sub-Antarctic as well as the Antarctic. So you're getting quite a wide variety of places to choose from in your cruising. Um, also, basically on the Orion, they're all staterooms, so you've got a very high standard of accommodation on board as well. Still get the little t- luxuries like spa treatments, etc., and things like that as well. Um, so even though it's an expedition vessel, this particular vessel is operating at the top end of the line. So you're not missing out on anything that you might think you would on a, a larger liner, except it's just more personal, more intimate. You'd, you'd virtually be making friends with just about everybody on board. It'd be just what, like one big, you know, party. How long are a lot of these expeditions? They vary anything from, say, a, a week um, up to, to two weeks, depending on where you're going and what the, you know, how far the distance is of travel. Um, so, and you can do legs as well, like you might do a leg from, say, you know, Darwin to Broome. You mightn't do the whole itinerary. Okay, so yeah, there, there's, we'll, I'll go through some of the itineraries if you like, Jane, in, in, shortly. In so, our next segment. Yeah, just so let people know exactly some of the things that you can actually do. Travel is the subject, thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King, on 2NURFM 103.7. And Sally Lucas, we're talking expedition cruising. We are, Jane, and I think I'm going to run out of time today. I've just realised I haven't covered nearly as much as I want to. But just to let people know, if I don't cover everything that I need to today, they are actually in town next week doing an information evening on the 12th of August. So just check for details in the paper or with your travel agent. But that would be a very good thing to go to if you really want to speak to the people from Orion and get more in-depth information about what we're talking about today. Um, The food. I just thought we'd talk about the food. Oh, it's always a good subject. And I know cruising does provide usually a high standard of food, but on this particular vessel, you're getting an extra high standard because you've got Serge Dancereau from the Bathers Pavilion in Sydney, who is a well-renowned hatted chef, and he provides all the menus for um, the Orion. So you're getting a very, very high standard of food with lots of choices of menu and just absolutely fabulous. And I know, Jane, you said you've known some people that have been on it recently too who were very impressed with the food and the menu. Yes, and the choices that were available. So when you think there's still only 106 people on board and they're giving you such a wide range, that's that's fantastic. And I guess they can do that with a small number of people too. I guess that's a benefit, again, of your your luxury, if you like, expedition cruising where you've got less people to, to, you know, to cook for. Um, the vessel itself, as I said, does um, only take uh, about 106 people in 53 suites. They've got 75 staff. It's a German-built vessel with everything from the state-of-the-art technology that is required for them, like deep sonars and radars, and it's got an ice-strengthened hull, only one sort of level short of an icebreaker, so it's quite safe when they're going into these Antarctic regions as well. The other thing that they take quite seriously is sustain- sustainability and making sure that they you know, don't leave footprints where they shouldn't be leaving footprints. So it's good to know that it's a benchmark that they hope to be measured by in in their style of cruising so I think they say look to explore a path less travelled requires a gentle step and this is what they are trying to do and hopefully this is what they will continue to achieve and they work with communities and with some of these villages I mentioned they do actually give funds back into the community to help with the children with schooling and all sorts of things so you're helping these people in um, less privileged areas as well so that's a good thing to know. 
And I just thought I'd mention some of the itineraries. As I said, I probably won't have time to cover all of these today, but they've got about 13 different itineraries covering a whole range of destinations, starting with the Australian Islands, which does, say, Cairns, Lizard, Stanley, um, Coconut and Roberts Islands in the Torres Strait, plus Thursday Island. Um, then it also does one doing a Hardy Reef, Hayman, um, Regency Island, and even disembarks in Newcastle. So there's an itinerary that might suit some Navicastrians. There's a five and a six night on those particular itineraries. Papua New Guinea, as we've mentioned, there's one that does the highland cultures, and it's going to into wonderful regions, uh, starting in Rabaul and going to the Sepik River region, into Madang, uh, the Tammy Islands, uh, Tufi Harbour, and the Don, Don Tricasto Islands, which are quite famous, um, the Sam- Samurai and Kwato Islands, Milne Bay, so really in-depth throughout New Guinea, as you can see. And they have another one that's doing more of the New Guinea Island adventures. I won't go into every itinerary in full. They're doing two Antarctic regions. They're doing the sub-Antarctic, which is that area um, south of New Zealand, um, which is not fully Antarctic, of course, going to Macquarie Island. But again, the plethora of wildlife you will see down there is quite amazing. Your eyes will be out on sticks the whole time. You know, the amount of seals and bird life you'll see on Macquarie Island will be like a packed Bondi beach in the middle of summer. But of course, with all these wonderful creatures and animals to, to see. And that's taking in, as I said, Macquarie Island, leaving um, from Hobart in Tassie, actually. And it does Campbell Island, Auckland Island, Snares Island, Stewart Island, the Fjordland and Bluff. So you're doing a wonderful part of New Zealand as well as the sub-Antarctic. They're doing actually a Gulf of Siam Explorer as well, which leaves from Singapore and goes all the way through um, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Um, they've got a Spice Island adventure starting from Darwin that takes in uh, Malaku in Indonesia um, and also Komodo, Santonda Island, Banoa Bali, I mean, they're really in-depth. There's a Norfolk and Melanesian Islands, which takes in Vanuatu, as well as the Solomons and parts of New Guinea. Um, Then we've got the Mawson's Antarctica on Commonwealth Bay. They're doing that as well. Um, And that one starts from Bluff in New Zealand to go down to that part of the Antarctic. Um, Then you've got one doing the Scott and Shackleton's area. Um, You've got Kimberley, east and west, going both directions, whichever way you want to go, which is absolutely fabulous. One all around the top of Arnhem Land, which is, again, getting into areas where you get very spiritual with the people. And I've read articles where people get so moved learning about the spirituality of Dreamtime and how these people have lived for generations in this part of the world. So, and of course, you've got, as I said, the Antarctic Peninsula out of Ushuaia in Argentina. So there's a massive range of itineraries. Um, as I said, I could go on talking about this for ages, but just remember there is that information evening coming up next week if people are interested to go along and just get a little bit more information on how they can really enjoy and explore with um, expedition cruising and in particular with Orion who's an Australian based company which is wonderful that we have here and we'll be back talking travel again next week thank you Sally Lucas thank you Jane Uh, after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM 103.7